Hi guys, my name is Andy and today's reading will be from James 1, chapter 1, verses 1 to 12. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered amongst the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its works so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plants. Its blossoms falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because they having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Well, hi and welcome today. My name's Scott. I'm one of the ministers here. I do hope you've got James chapter 1 open. Before I begin, let's pray briefly. Heavenly Father God, we thank you for your scriptures. Speak to us through them today that we might grow to become more like Jesus. Amen. Well, I want to start today by asking a question for you to answer at home. How do you typically deal with trials, difficulties, and pain? What is your go-to strategy when you're faced with trials, difficult situations, and pain, when they come your way? Some of us, I imagine, are very stoic. We think we're like lighthouses in the frothing ocean, standing strong, uh, unmoved through it all around us. But others of us, and I reckon it's probably most of us, run. In different ways, we avoid it. We will do whatever we can to escape trials, pain and difficulty. In fact, we might even organise our lives to avoid most kinds of discomfort. And then we come up against something like coronavirus and we realise that we, we cannot run away from it, we can't avoid it, we can't organise around it, we have to face it head on. And so today we're going to hear from James, the brother of Jesus, about how to face trials of many kinds without running from them and without just kind of stoically standing there unmoved by all the trouble. Trials of many kinds present us with an opportunity to grow as Christians that we really don't want to miss out on. Now, in the first week of our live stream services, Bruce reminded us that God is our refuge. It was really about God. Last week, we were thinking about putting Christian love into action. It was really about others. But today, I want to focus on ourselves so that we don't miss the opportunity this coronavirus things presents to us to grow as Christians so that we might even face it with joy. And so I hope you do have James chapter 1 opened up before you. I like this passage. In fact, I love it. We named our first son James because of this passage and because of a particular trial we were facing around about the time he was born. 
But actually, James chapter 1 is a good passage for us all to consider today because you see there in James chapter 1, verse 1. Let's read it together. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. You see, this chapter, and in fact, the whole book is written to the Christians, probably Jewish Christians, the 12 tribes, who were pushed out of Jerusalem when persecution came their way. In other words, he was writing to Christians who were scattered when an unexpected force was thrust upon them from the outside. Christians who could no longer meet together in the flesh because of an external threat that was imposed upon them. In other words, it's a situation very similar to ours. Well, let's get started. The first thing we need to hear carefully is in verse 2. Let's read that. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. That to me seems like an odd thing to say. Who considers it joy when they face difficult situations? Who relishes the pain, really, I wonder? Well, now's a bit of time for some audience participation. I want you to raise your hand if somebody in your household, that's you or somebody else, was watching something this week when they were meant to be working or schooling or studying. Maybe they were watching a, a YouTube clip. Maybe they were watching a, uh, a Netflix show, something like that. Now, raise your hands because you know that I can actually see you through this camera thing. Um, so keep those hands up. But it happened in my house this week. I caught one of my sons, won't tell you which one, watching a big wave surfing clip on YouTube. And I was thinking about big wave surfers getting wiped out. I mean, look at this guy. And I don't know how much you can see on your device, but basically you've got a whole lot of water here and you have a, an unfortunate chap here who is facing downwards into the water about to get completely bunced. And I was thinking, how many times do they have to get completely bounced before they catch an absolute slingshot of a right-hander? And I wondered if they faced that particular trial, that particular pain with joy because of the thrill to come. But if you see what happens when they wipe out, earlier photo of me actually, uh, it, it looks pretty gnarly, doesn't it? Maybe they consider that pain necessary. Maybe they consider that pain a part of the deal but even big wave surfers do not consider it joy to face such trials. So how can we face trials of many kinds with a joyful attitude? Well, that is a good question for us today. And the first answer that James gives us is that trials, difficult situations, pain can lead to Christian maturity and completeness. So let's keep reading on in verse 2. Consider it pure joy whenever, notice he doesn't say if, he says whenever, whenever you face trials of many kinds, that is all kinds of difficulties, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Trials, difficult situations are a testing of your faith that can lead to Christian completeness. And that is why, friends, you can be joyful whenever you face them because you know they're not meaningless. But they can have the purpose of maturing you as a Christian believer. 
you know, coronavirus is not just a collection of random particles passed on from careless person to careless person on a cruise ship. The whole situation provides a testing of our faith, which has the potential to develop our maturity, that we might be complete Christians, not lacking anything spiritually. I think what James knows, and perhaps you know it too if you've been a Christian long enough, is that you cannot reach Christian completeness without persevering through many trials. There are some lessons in the Christian life you cannot learn from hearing a talk, from reading a Christian book, even from talking with Christian friends. There are some things you can only learn about walking with God if you walk with God through trials of many kinds. And so James wants you to know that these trials will come, but they're not meaningless or just irritating. They can lead to Christian maturity. Now you may have noticed that I said they can lead to Christian maturity. I didn't say that they will, although trials are necessary if we're going to grow in our faith. Trials alone won't deliver us Christian maturity. They don't automatically make us complete as Christians. The equation is not Christian person plus trials equals complete Christian person. What will make the difference, though, is if perseverance finishes its work. So let perseverance finish its work. I have uh, a personality that likes finishing things. Uh, the psychological profiles consider me to be a completer finisher, among a great many other things, you might say. Uh, that's actually one of the terms they use, completer finisher. Uh, I like to finish projects. I like tying off all the loose ends. If I start reading a book, I've got to finish it, even if it's rubbish. Do you know how many lousy books I have kept reading until I've finished because I just couldn't bring myself to stop reading them? An awful lot. But this book here finished me off, partly because it's chunky. Gallipoli by Peter Fitzsimons. I don't want to slag him off uh, because he's a local boy, and even though he enjoys slagging Christians off, because the, the book was uh, well-written and it was well-researched, but I just couldn't handle chapter after chapter after chapter hearing about young Australian men getting mowed down by Turkish machine guns in suicide missions. It was too much. I didn't finish it. It finished me. I really lacked perseverance. Now, can I tell you why I think persevering, why I think finishing is worth it? When you face a trial, you can go one of two ways. It can make you a better Christian, or it can make you a bitter Christian. Better or bitter. And what will swing you one way or the other is whether you persevere or keep going through the trial with a soft heart and let perseverance finish its work, or whether you try to escape the trial or blame God for it. If a difficult situation is going to help you become a complete Christian, you need to persevere through it with God, not try to escape it, nor blame Him for it. And you've got to give it time, because it's going to take time for perseverance to finish its work within you if you're going to grow, if you're going to be a, a better Christian rather than a bitter Christian. Facing trials of many kinds will only make us complete 
complete Christians if we let perseverance finish its work. If we just keep going with a soft heart. Of course, the problem is that we find it difficult to keep going through trials. We find it difficult to give it time. We find it hard to let perseverance finish its work because our natural reaction is to try to escape suffering. Why go through the pain of suffering and persevering through many trials if you can just escape it? Why endure the pain it hurts if you can just run? And for most of us, our natural reaction to difficult situations is to run, even as humans. And so that becomes our natural reaction to difficult situations as Christians too. I went to a, a church in the summer holidays and the minister there asked people who were suffering to come down the front because he was going to pray for them, which is fair enough. It's an obvious good thing to do. We'd love to do that for you. But then he said to them through the microphone as well, if you are suffering illness or financial problems or problems with your relationships, I want you to visualize getting better. I want you to visualize making money. I want you to visualize mending those relationships. And then he said, if you visualize it, it's yours. If you can see it, you can have it in Jesus' name. Seems to me he hadn't read James chapter 1. He'd just been reading The Good Weekend or Healthy Living magazine or something like that. When Christian people were facing trials of many kinds, his response was to help them escape. Not persevere through trials with God, but escape them. It's very sad when even a Christian minister can't get it right. Because how will the people he leads ever become complete Christians? Even as Christians, we want to escape suffering. But we will miss the opportunity to become complete Christians if we don't persevere. And so one of the questions is, how are we going to do it? How are we going to persevere? Through trials, even with joy, knowing that God is growing us. Well, the answer is that we need wisdom from God. We actually have to ask for God's wisdom. If we don't have that wisdom, we'll give up, we'll chicken out, we will escape, we will run, we'll complain, we'll become hardened in our hearts, all of, our, all of which leave us immature in our faith. But I will only let perseverance finish its work in me if I can see from God's perspective that this trial is going to make me mature and complete. I cannot persevere through suffering. I cannot become a better rather than a bitter Christian unless I have his supernatural wisdom to see my pain from his perspective. So I actually need to ask for it. Well, let's read along from verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Friends, if you don't have the wisdom to consider the trials you face as opportunities for growth, you need to ask God to give you that wisdom so that you become better, not bitter. And the great promise is he's going to give it to you without finding fault. He's not going to say, you idiot. If you can't help yourself, I'm not going to help you. Haven't you heard the saying, God only helps those who help themselves? Of course not. He gives his wisdom generously without finding fault. 
And so you must ask with faith and not doubt at that point. Now that other minister I mentioned, he asked with faith, if you can visualize it, it's yours. If you can see it, you can have it in Jesus' name. I mean, he asked in faith. It just seems to me that he asked for the wrong thing. God doesn't promise to give us escape from suffering, but he does promise to give us wisdom, to see that our suffering is completing us as Christians. And so we must ask for his wisdom, believing and not doubting. And the tremendous promise there in verse 12 is that should we do that and persevere, we are guaranteed the crown of life. We are promised the prize of eternal life. Well, let's apply this to three specific trials before us. Uh, Firstly, and obviously, the trial of coronavirus. Life in the age of corona is a hassle, isn't it? I can't move freely about. I can't see my friends. I've got to supervise my children with their schooling. I've got to keep washing my hands incessantly. I've got to be obsessive about the 1.5 metre thing. I can't find dunny paper anywhere. I can't watch the game because all the games have been cancelled. I've had to cancel my holiday down the coast. And I haven't even got the virus. I'm not even one of the nurses or doctors on the front line. It's pretty easy to see how corona could make us become bitter people and if we were to contract the illness it's pretty easy to see how we could blame God for it all and become bitter Christians but that is not letting perseverance finish its work in our lives that's not going to promote Christian maturity and growth within us and if we cannot change our mindsets we need to ask God for his wisdom so we can change our mindsets When you have the wisdom of God to let perseverance do its thing in your life, you can actually see opportunities for growth all around. You can get into that Bible reading and prayer habit you've wanted to develop for years because now you don't have to commute. You can have dinner as a family because the silly number of after-school activities aren't on anymore. You can even talk to each other. Parents, and uh, perhaps particularly fathers, You can take the initiative to pray or perhaps read the Bible with your kids because you might be at the dinner table more than you were previously. Chronically tired people of manly and beyond. You can go to bed early and get a good night's sleep and catch up on all that rest that you have been missing. Friends, if 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 encourages us to be joyful in all circumstances, It's not beyond us to be joyful in this circumstances for all those reasons and a whole lot more. And one of the things we realize, I think, when a good many things are taken away from us temporarily, free movement, social interaction, sport and leisure and holidays, rice and pasta, open schools and workplaces and shops, is how good those things are and how fortunate we are to enjoy them in the normal course of things. Growing in thankfulness, both in what we normally enjoy and for the surprising blessings of this new era, is one way to develop Christian growth in the age of corona. 
if we're honest, some aspects of this new regime just aren't silver linings. They're not blessings in disguise. They're just really hard. The isolation can be very hard for some of you, especially those of you living on your own. The rules against physical contact can be very difficult for, for those of us who thrive on human touch. Young people, not being able to meet together physically, I know how depriving that is for you. And some couples and families might find that being in, in such close proximity to each other every day puts real strains on relationships. And in all of those situations, we'll then need to ask for God's wisdom to help us persevere so that we might grow. Persevere in using the channels that still remain open to us to connect. I mean, if you can't hug, at least you can talk on the phone. Young people, our youth, if you can't meet physically together and enjoy all the fun that normally entails, then you've got to, at the very least, dial into those Zoom youth meetings. And parents of teenagers, you've got to encourage your kids to do that. Couples and families, I want you to ask for God's wisdom so that you can see what's going on for your spouse or your children or your family members so that you can be gentle and you can be kind and you can be patient with them. They really need it at this time. I heard that the sales of alcohol have jumped up 30% since lockdown. It seems to me that we are panic buying liquor as well as toilet paper to get us through. Friends, liquor is not the answer. And so I urge you to turn to God rather than turning to the bottle. Well, the coronavirus is itself uh, one of the trials that James 1 applies to. But the passage itself references two further trials that we might experience at this time. They are the trials of poverty and the trial of wealth. Let's read verses 9 to 11 together. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wild flower. And then down to verse 11. In the same way, the rich will fade even while they go about their business. So you can see there, verse 9 considers the trial of poverty, or what James calls the trial of humble circumstances. And it's likely that many of the, the Christians who first read this letter of James were suffering that trial. They'd been pushed out of Jerusalem and they were out of pocket. Some of us these past two weeks have lost our jobs or we've had to let staff go or we've had to shut down businesses that we've built over many years. We've experienced job loss in our household and many of us will have had similar experiences. So how should we deal with the trial of poverty or humble circumstances? Well, generally, we've already learned that we are to see it as an opportunity to become complete as Christians. But specifically, James says, we should see our circumstances from God's perspective. Being poor or in humble circumstances in the eyes of the world gives us the opportunity to take pride in or to boast in our spiritual position, which is a very high position indeed. Do you know that we are seated alongside Christ in the spiritual realms, in that spiritual heavenly sense? 
Do you know we are the adopted children of God Almighty? Have you not heard we are co-heirs of the universe alongside our brother, the Lord Jesus Christ? So friends, we are not that poor. Poor Christians are not that poor if we can see ourselves as God does with the wisdom he provides. But then you'll see verse 10 moves on to talk about the trial of wealth. And we don't normally think of wealth as a trial that needs to be endured, but James says it is. So we need God's wisdom and perspective on this one. And it it seems to me that wealth is a trial because of its ability to drag us away from trusting in God to trusting in worldly riches. And the presence of coronavirus is going to be very telling for those of us who remain wealthy, which many of us will. Will we trust in our cash or will we trust in God? There's a reminder there in verse 10 that rich people aren't that rich. They too will be humiliated by their own mortality, by their own fading and passing away, that money doesn't buy eternal life. And perhaps a way for rich Christians to endure the trial of wealth is by passing some of it on to Christians in humble circumstances at this time, like we were talking about last week. Perseverance in generosity will develop your Christian character as well as meet the needs of others. And that's partly how you endure the trial of wealth in the age of Corona. Now, folks, this coming Friday is Good Friday, where we commemorate the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And next Sunday is Easter Sunday, where we celebrate his triumph over the grave, over death itself. And so I think we need to pivot from talking about coronavirus to talking about Jesus. Can you see in the early days of Jesus' life, he was preparing, growing, maturing, as a follower of God? Can you see in his public ministry that each new hostile situation presented him with an opportunity to let perseverance do its work in his life so that each new difficulty steeled his resolve? It strengthened his resistance and obedience so that when he stood before his greatest adversaries of sin, death and Satan, he didn't hold back, but he climbed upon that Roman cross How could he do that, do you suppose? Only because he faced many trials. Because he knew those trials were a testing of his faith. And he let perseverance finish its work in his spirit so that he was mature and complete and lacked nothing. As we finish, friends, a similar opportunity lies before us today in these extraordinary times. So let's not waste it. May perseverance finish its work in our lives so that we may be mature and complete too, lacking nothing. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, help us not to miss out on the opportunity this time provides for us to grow as Christians. May perseverance finish its work in our lives so that like Jesus, we might be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Amen.